Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I am Michael Kingswood, retired naval officer, Christian, dad, and writer extraordinaire. I mostly focus on science fiction and fantasy, but I've been known to write just about everything under the sun, including the occasional romance. The purpose of this podcast is to share my stories with you, the reading slash listening public. So sit back and relax, because I'm going to tell you the story. Hey friends, it's Michael Kingswood. It's story time. It is Saturday, so it's time for Story Saturday. Um, we are, of course, as you know, proceeding through the stories that I wrote for Stories from the Great Challenge, which was the awesome writing col- collection of stories that I finished during the awesome writing challenge a couple years ago to write a story a year for a week. This week we are doing story number 38, which is a not fantasy, not sci-fi, just modern times basically wilderness survival story called cabin in the woods but before we get to that i would do want to remind everybody that we are doing that great challenge again this is week eight and i have not yet finished my eighth story of the new challenge yet but it will be done by tomorrow which is sunday and um we're gonna be doing more great collections of those stories which I'll talk to you about on the other side of the the uh, reading of this. But I did want to put it out there so you guys who may not... Uh, of course, everybody's going to go all the way through the end of the story. It's going to be love it. You know, have fun. They would talk at the, uh, the end about it. But just so you know, there will be a Kickstarter coming up next month. This is the first of five that we'll be doing for this new great challenge. Anyway, <clears throat> as I said, Cabin in the Woods... I wrote it. I'm reading it. It's awesome. So let's get to it. Uh, enjoy. The wind rushed past, making the thin wooden sides of the tiny cabin Nancy huddled in shudder. A high-pitched whistling advertised its penetration through the cracks around the cabin's latched door, and she shivered as what warmth there was fled before its incursion. She wrapped the threadbare wool blanket that she had found tucked beneath the cabin's clearly handmade cot hewn from roughly cut logs around herself, burrowing in as deeply as she could, and wishing the unstained planks that made up the cabin's floor would open up and take her in to help preserve the heat. The room was dimly lit from flickering flames within the cabin's only other piece of furniture, a tiny word-burning stove nestled into the rear corner opposite the door. The flames barely strove against the encroaching cold, nibbling at the lone log inside the stove. She longed to throw more on, but a glance at the piled fuel in the other corner, minuscule, when she'd first found the shelter and even smaller now, told the futility of that idea. There probably would not be enough to last the night, even at this slow pace, and if she used it all now there would be no more defense against the blizzard outside. The wind howled past again, and Nancy barely held back a sob of misery, her breath misting in the air in front of her face despite the fire's best efforts at sending heat. Nancy looked away from the stove toward the cabin's lone window, hoping against hope to see some glimmer of dawn, but she saw only blackness turned gray from the condensing fog for many breaths, turning to ice as it congealed on the warped glass. Thinking back to her last meal, the granola bar she had crunched down hours ago when she was halfway up the mountain, and before she realized she would not be able to outrun the weather, Nancy felt her stomach growl and she cursed herself for not bringing more supplies. But it was just supposed to be a day hike. No need to pack a full pack. Lord, please let it be morning soon. As if in mockery of her desperate prayer, the wind howled again. 
Nancy wanted to scream in protest against its mockery, but she dared not use the energy. She needed every little bit to keep herself warm. Scrunching up closer to the stove as close as she dared without actually touching it helped a little. Very little. But it helped. But there's only so much good that would do, and it was like both she and the stove knew it. The log within popped, sending a little shower of embers into the confines of the stove's interior, along with a briefly increased flash of heat. Two of the orange glowing bits escaped past the stove's open door, floating upward in the air of the cabin's room, like little fireflies for a moment, before turning from yellow-orange to red and then black as the residual heat in the embers fled, and they fell lifeless to the floor beside her. That would be her before the night was done unless she did something. She had no doubt about it. Again, Nancy looked back to the little stack of fuel for the stove, and she racked her brain for some way, any way, to increase it. Her eyes dropped to the floorboards that she sat upon. They were unstained but well sanded, carefully prepared and laid down, held in place by nails at intervals, pounded into the joists below by the builder. If she could maybe pry one up and break it into smaller pieces... But how? If she had her full pack that she used for multi-day excursions, she'd have a hatchet and a collapsible saw... But her day pack, she only had the granola bar she'd already eaten, a small knife, a flashlight, and some water in a camelback-style bladder. Nothing that was up to the task she was contemplating. Another pop from inside the stove, and Nancy swore. What kind of adult builds a cabin in the woods and doesn't stock it with tools? Same kind of adult who doesn't check the weather before going hiking, her mind answered her back. She snarled at that voice inside her, but the snarl lacked heat, like everything else around her, because she knew it was right. She'd been dumb, and now she was paying the price, and if she didn't figure something out, and soon, she was going to pay the ultimate price. Pulling the little blanket closer around herself, she hunched her head close to the stove. After a few moments, she realized she was no longer thinking, she was praying, calling out to a god she wasn't even sure she believed in for help, for a way to make it through the night. She found herself promising him things she never would have considered before, and she tried to chide herself for fleeing rationality in her growing panic. But again, that voice pushed back, because when there was no other option, why not try God, if only to comfort herself? Nancy really was beginning to not like that voice at all. The flames within the stove were growing more dim now, the log reduced to more glowing coals than anything else, and she realized she needed to add more fuel or the fire would go out completely, and who knew if she'd be able to get it started again. She had to hold back her eagerness for more heat, moving deliberately to the woodpile. She picked up one piece. Then, after a moment, a second. She couldn't afford to use it up too soon, but the greatly diminished fire had taken its toll on the temperature in the cabin. It was noticeably colder now than it had been just a few minutes ago. No sense saving fuel if saving it just meant she'd freeze to death anyway. So she put both pieces in the stove. She watched as the first, and then the second caught. Then she swung the door shut, recalling finally something she'd read about how closing a stove up would slow the rate of burn for each piece of fuel. Couldn't hurt. And it seemed to help. Almost at once, it seemed like the cabin was warmer, and the wind was less fierce, or was it her? The entire cabin shook, and there was a thump and a crash, like something had struck the building's side. The wind shrieked anew as if calling out a challenge or mocking her weak attempt at fighting the inevitable. Then another thump, and Nancy looked to the right toward the side of the cabin where the noise was coming from. The right-hand wall, when looking at the door. Something had struck the wall twice. What? scratching from overhead like something dragging down the roof, and then the third thump, but not on the wall itself, like whatever it was had landed on the ground in the snowbank next to the cabin. What in the hell was that? Nancy almost didn't recognize her own voice as she spoke, 
but she could practically see the words in the air as the puffs of breath misted in front of her face. She racked her mind to recall the surrounding area around the cabin, which she could see of it when she found it. The light was almost gone at the time, but the cabin had been in a little clearing, backed up against a rock face. Back off to the left had been a couple of tall pine trees. She thought back to the scraping sound and hope flared within her. The trees hadn't fallen. If that had occurred, they would have taken the cabin's roof down, and maybe the walls as well. And right now she'd be covered in an ever-growing pile of snow as she shivered out her last minutes. But perhaps the tree had lost a limb and that was what had scraped down the roof. The surge of hope grew brighter as she considered how fallen pine needles burned. Dry ones, at least. But something told her even the needles on a freshly felled limb would still work, not to mention the wood in the branch itself. But there was still the problem of getting the wood without tools. The voice popped up again, and this time Nancy found herself liking what it had to say. Don't declare defeat before you've even looked at the situation. She had a flashlight in her pack. She'd go outside, around the cabin's corner, and see if her suspicion was correct. And if it was, she could try to get some of that limb, as much as she could. But even some small brambles would be a welcome addition to her tiny fuel supply. But, go outside? She heard the dread in her voice, and it about eclipsed the sudden hope. Cold as it was inside the cabin now, it would be infinitely worse outside. Without the wall's protection for the biting wind, could she even last long enough to really check out the situation, ill-equipped as she was? Well, you're not going to last year doing nothing, she said to herself, and that was the truth. Better to make an attempt and fail while daring than to sit idly and watch as the end crept in slowly, like a coward. So she forced herself to her feet. It only took a moment to fish the flashlight out of her pack. Then she pulled the blanket as tightly around herself as she could, flipping it up over her head to form at least a semblance of a hood. It seemed a mile, walking over the cabin's door, though in truth it was only a few feet. But every part of Nancy's being wanted to not go there, to stay close to the stove and what heat it gave off, temporary and fleeting as that heat promised to be. The doorknob seemed to resist her turning for the longest moment. Then the wind gusted again and the door swung inward of its own accord, propelled by the wind to try and smack her in the face. She stumbled backward, the suddenly frigid air pulling her even as a million little daggers plunged into every bit of exposed skin, snowflakes or ice shards driven by the wind and turned into little cutting knives. Nancy felt herself crying out, but over the redoubled noise of the wind, she couldn't hear it. It was like cold and darkness had engulfed her completely, and in a panic she looked back, fearing the fire had gone out. But the dim glow of the fire inside the stove, protected at least for now from the elements since she shut the door, showed that bit of heat at least still existed. For now. But for how long? Longer than she could last, now that she was exposed, anyway. She was already shivering through the blanket at winter's renewed onslaught, and the weakness within her screamed at her to shut the door and get back to the stove. And die. Just later. Fine, but it wouldn't be now. Nancy tried to grit her teeth, but they were already chattering. So she contented herself by switching on her flashlight. Then, leaning forward against the wind, she stepped outside. She only thought it had been cold before. Now, outside of any shelter, her body went instantly numb and Nancy felt the strength leaving her limbs. Not far to go, just around the corner and see what happened. She was praying again, that she was right and the thumps had been a falling limb, that it was usable and that she could manage to haul at least part of it inside before she gave out completely. As she rounded the cabin's corner, her meager little light barely penetrated the darkness of the night and the blizzard, but there was something up against the side of the cabin, something... Squinting, she shuffled forward, not daring to believe what she saw, but unable to deny it. 
In spite of her shivering, she found herself smiling in triumph. She was right. A fallen limb from the pine tree, and several bits of it had broken off in its fall from on high. Bits that she knew without having to think on it that she could move by herself, break with her weight once she had them inside, and create extra warmth within the stove. Perhaps enough to get through the nights. Perhaps not. But more than before. With the renewed strength that comes from hope, she hurried forward and grabbed hold of the largest of the limb fragments, then hauled on it. For a second it didn't want to budge beneath the growing snowdrift. Then it came loose. When she got it inside and forced the door shut again, she wasted no time in breaking off several smaller pieces complete with needles and shoving them into the stove. The answering pops and the immediate brilliance of the expanded flame within the stove lifted her spirits almost as much as the greater heat soothed her body. And for the first time in what seemed like forever, she felt certain she would make it through this night. Later, as she nodded off beneath the warmth that seemed almost tropical compared with what she had endured earlier, that voice in the back of her head quipped that maybe her prayer had been answered. Or maybe it was just random luck that the pine tree had weakened when it did, giving part of itself so she could live. She wasn't sure what to think, but she would have tomorrow to figure it out, one way or the other. Hey, all right, so she's going to make it through the night, looks like, and come away with a lesson learned and maybe a little more insight onto the bigger picture. I will see. So, but, you know, I don't know that I'll write the rest anything more about her. It's just a fun little story that I, I wrote because I thought it was fun. Anyway, I hope you guys liked it. Next week for stories for Story Saturday, we are going to do Story 39, which gets back to fantasy. A little fantasy sort of heist called Revelator, which you will, of course, enjoy because it's fun. And I enjoyed it because I wrote it because it's fun. Um, but before we go leave, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about the thing I talked about at the beginning, the new challenge. We are, uh, as I said, this is the eighth week into the year and story number eight for the year is getting done this weekend. Uh, well, getting finished. I started it <laughs> during the week, but you know what I mean. Um, and as before, the plan is to do 52 stories in this year and no reason to believe that won't be successful in that already almost 10 stores into it now the last time we did this uh challenge uh, as you know i compiled all the stories into stories from the great challenge which is big thick awesome fun collection but you know as i've uh, alluded to before uh in a different video i you know don't want to do it the same as I did last time. Last time I waited, it took waited till the end of the year, compile it, and then uh, did a few other things editorially, and then compiled them all into that collection. It was great, but I want to do a little more faster pace this time. So what we're going to do this time this year is five volumes. The first four are going to be ten stories each, pretty much in order that they're written. Um, except that I'm also submitting some of these to short story markets. So depending on how quickly those get accepted for publication elsewhere or not, um, when the time comes on my schedule for putting these uh, five volumes out, I may swap the order of writing and putting them out just because of practicalities. But they're all going to go in these five volumes. 
Unless, of course, they get published elsewhere, somewhere else. In which case, I'll have to write another story to make up for it, which eh, works out well, too. Um, and so the first four volumes will be 10, 10 stories. The last one's going to be 12. And over the course of the next year, as I'm finishing this challenge, we're also going to uh, release those five, but we're going to kickstart all five of them. The first campaign is going to start in mid-March after I have story number 10 completed. And it's... Uh, Make, made a pretty small goal for that campaign, at least the first one, <laughs> uh, depending on how many eyes we get to view on it. Uh, uh, well, we may make the goals bigger throughout the year, depending how they're doing. But you know, the Kickstarter, smaller goals that you know you can meet are better because you know the sooner you meet the goal, the faster, uh, obviously, <laughs> it's funded. But also, funding faster means kick, gives Kickstarter a little, ooh, and they, they like to give you algorithmical help the faster you fund so smaller goal that's easier to meet better way to go and so put stretch goals in place to uh, help with that process anyway um i'm showing you here the uh picture of the cover for the well, the, the thumbnail art for the kickstarter campaign and i'm also going to put a link in the show notes here but also in um everywhere else i can possibly put it for the uh, kickstarter page it, the pre the pre page is up the campaign's made it's in the preview follow it now mode uh so you can go there click on the follow it so uh when the campaign goes live you'll get notified i'm going to notify everybody obviously but every little notification help helps so Please, if uh, you're at all interested, you like what I've been doing, go and uh, go over to that. Hit the uh, notify me link on there. And when the campaign starts, please uh, give your support if you're willing. Uh, the maximum support early on is best for these sort of things. All right, I'm going to hang it up now. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube or Rumble, Rumble or wherever else, to subscribe to the channel, like it. If you're downloading the audio podcast you're probably already subscribed but if you're not make sure you subscribe there too tell all your buddies about what we're doing and don't forget to go buy my books because that's how i get money from this man kickstarter support too of course all right thanks very much talk to you next time until then don't do anything i wouldn't do thanks for listening to story time with michael kingswood for information on my books visit michaelkingswood.com or visit my web store at ssnstorytelling.com. My books are all available through all the various e-tailers, but buying direct from me nuts me the most profit. For information on new releases and other special deals in the future, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music is copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.